0: Are live all right hello and welcome to this week's edition of the time and place the gospel conversation show where we discuss faith on the fringes and do our best to apply god's word to god's world i'm solomon this is julian and today we're going to talk about sola scriptura but first julian what the heck is going on in the world today
1: uh i think we've reached peak parody in reality so <laughs> gavin newsom governor of california is getting recalled uh, people were finally tired of being locked up forever, so it went through. Uh One of the candidates, or announcing their candidate, I should say, not actually, you know, just n- nothing set in stone yet, but someone who's running as a Republican is <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner, uh, American hero. And <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner <laughs> <laughs> is running. Oh, man. And in one of her first public statements on the uh, subject, uh, her... Uh, is against transgender athletes in schools. <laughs>
0: She's like, just me, no one else.
1: Yeah. Well, no. Well <laughs> I'm assuming, I mean, if, 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 I don't know how to refer to this person. If, if Caitlin's going to be consistent with yeah. the worldview that they're reporting, he would compete against guys if he was going to do it again. Yeah. That's what I would imagine. But so that the quote is, uh, it's a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girls sports in school. It just isn't fair. And we have to protect girls sports in our schools. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so. So then the question, it kind of leads to the question of like, well, why what do you think you are?
1: Not right? competing in sports. <laughs> I mean,
0: you know. <laughs> so it doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't matter because that that gold medal was in the 70s against men, so that's okay.
0: But he is participating in life as something. What is that? What is he participating? And that's, a, that's an interesting thing to think about, too, because it's we tend to – because even Joe Rogan will like – understand when it comes to mma but right that, that men should fight men right right and women should fight women but so gender gender roles have a place there like in sports yes but not in anything else right so like right and, and, that, and so that's where we would we would take that gender and, and put it over the whole map over the whole thing not just this one section of sports or whatever but over everything of like well you shouldn't be leading your family as a woman that's as right. a man right and so right. like or you shouldn't be, be whatever like any whatever you want to call it whatever is as a man it should that's a woman's job and so that's a woman's role or that's the man's role or whatever in responsibility right. so and yeah that would be the that's really great. So yeah, I'll be interested in like what he, what what is he? So is he just a transvestite? No, right.
1: he's full on transgender. Like but, full on, I am a woman.
0: Okay. So he should, <laughs> but, but he's not though. He doesn't actually believe that because then if you say I am a woman, I could play a sports, but he's not because he's, right, he, yeah. he knows there's a difference there. Right. This, this goes into like what we were talking about that, that, Question I had of like, what's the hard dividing line between men and women, right? Mm-hmm. Male and female, right? And right. we were talking, we we're saying we kind of landed on X X X Y chromosomes, right. right? Because there's like a big spectrum of like what of, of men and big spectrum of women of what they look like and how strong they are and different mm-hmm. you know bodily functions, whatever. Right. And because it can throw out, oh, can get a woman pregnant? That's a male characteristic. Well, right. some men can't. So, uh, and and vice versa, woman. And so it's like you. If a woman can't get pregnant that makes that that's a defining characteristic of her as woman as female but if she can't then that doesn't take it away but it must so right and so but but we know it doesn't and we would never mm-hmm. say that but so i would say to keep that consistent we can't say that's a defining characteristic of female right And. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and on and on we go of, of like more masculine tendencies or can get a woman pregnant you go, oh whatever. Like, cause it's, again, it's not all, right? Right. It's not right. always all, always in all cases, men can get a woman pregnant. You're right. That's, that's not the case. So that can't be a defining characteristic because if it's lacking, it doesn't make them any less. And so you're trying to think of this argument in the same way of like race, right? Because we say, well, race ultimately just doesn't mean anything you know we're all right. equal in God's and in, in, we're all creating God's image and there's no in value in in function even really there's no ultimate difference either because there are Asians and whites and blacks and Mexicans and whatever that can do all different levels of things right, right? so there's no like well the Asian function or dif- Asian people are different in function because that, that look, well, again, not always all, not in every case. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so, so, so again, there's a spectrum there and it's okay that there's a spectrum there and that there's, that it's all, that, that race is ultimately meaningless when we're talking about things because, and, and, and then, so that's logical. That makes sense. Right. And this is right. just, we've, we've placed, we've, we some people grew up in this region and so they look this way and that's just over time. Right. Right. So. Why so why can't we swing that same sta of logic to gender, right? It's right. like, well, man and woman, characteristics, all but not always in all cases. So there you go. It kind of doesn't mean anything. And it's like, okay, well, no, it does because the dividing line, the hard dividing line is XXXY. But to me, that's not a good argument. That's not a I don't think that's a faithful argument a Christian should be making as far as well, what what did, what's why is there male and why is there female? Because there's XX and there's XY. I I don't think that's that may be true. And I think some of that the biology and science can get a little squirrely in there as well, as far as like men with kind of not an, a Y chromosome or something, and how it all gets all messy and stuff. So you know, I, I was going over and over this. You know, I had to go for a run to like figure it out and like <laughs> just clear my head. <laughs> And um, pray and think about it and stuff. And you and I were talking about it. And ultimately, the reason why there is a meaningful difference between gender but not race is because race had nothing to do with the created order. There was no created order intention intended before the fall when God created humans. There was no race mentioned. He didn't say he created them. He created them white or he created them black. It says that he create but it does say he created them male and female. Okay, now we right. have an intended order before sin and death of the world before the fall. And so that's why it matters. And I think mm. that's why we know there's male and female, because God created them male and female. We have that intended creation order at the beginning. Right? Right. And that's why we can play with race ultimately doesn't mean anything and there can be a spectrum and all those things because mm. There was no intention of a race. There was no, like, well, here's the white and here's the black and here's the age, whatever. It was just they're all all people and we're all just the same ultimately. So differences in race ultimately mean nothing because there was no intended creation order for race. Differences in gender do mean something and are uh, important because there was an intended creation order by God. He created the male and female. right? Right. That's why, and it can't, it, and I don't think we should be appealing to fallen biology in XXXY or can get a woman pregnant or can, can, uh, bear a child, you know, as, as defining characteristics of what makes us male and female, because that's so appealing of corrupt fallen. I want
1: to know. pull this up real quick. Cause I, I don't understand this argument. I've, I've never really understood this argument that the difference between sex and gender. Like, I understand, like, you know, gendered items, especially uh, in English, we don't really have it. But in other languages, there is gendered things, like in Spanish. Um, but that seems to be a, a postmodern thought that, like, well, your sex and your gender are not the same.
0: Right. And I've heard that. I don't yeah. understand gender's, where that comes from. Gender is the social construct. But the problem is people will say, I've always been a woman. Right. And, yes. <laughs> and and they will not recognize their female sex. I, I know I know what you're saying. that There's sex... you're talking about a rational person who is consistent and understands things, understands what you're understanding, but that is not what's being said, Travis. What's being said is, no, 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 I was was never a woman. I was always a woman, and now I'm making my body, you know. And so the, the mental understanding of your identity and yourself is more important, and it defines reality in a more significant way than your biology. So it doesn't matter if you have a penis or a vagina. That doesn't matter. That doesn't, that doesn't even describe sex or, or, or anything. And I understand what he's saying. But that difference, I think, has been kind of thrown out. And the argument being made today by most transgender people is, no, I was never a woman. Right. You know, I've always been a man. And because I feel like this and that's what that's why
1: they'll refer to themselves as assigned the sex of male at birth or assigned the sex of like, I wasn't this sex, I was assigned this sex. So it really becomes the same thing again, gender and sex, they they, they separated them and then brought them back together to be able to cast off both in that way. Mm -hmm. So it's just very strange. But uh, you know, <laughs> Caitlyn is a a ball of anomalies. She's also against gay marriage, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah. In an, in an interview, uh, I think the quote was, "I'm more of a traditional girl." So there you go. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. There you go. Yeah, no, I'm following with you. Yeah. Gender, gender theory.
0: Sex a social construct. Wait, into a, hang on. Theory, gender theory determined to include the term gender into human constructs, in an attempt to make sex a social construct. If we on the topic, the problem is you are not understanding the claims they obviously recognize. I don't think so, man. Yeah, I and don't think I, I don't, don't mean, think that's I, true. I hear what you're saying, and I and I understand that, but I don't think that they actually do. I think people are dictating reality by feelings yes. and emotions right. and, and what they've their 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 mental landscape rather than their biological or physical yes. or empirical landscape and that's so, actually
1: so that's where we got into the discussion about you know the w- what defines a man or, or a woman because of i i can't remember his name uh that was on rogan's podcast that said there is no biological is, difference
0: is russell i think
1: yeah there is no biological yeah. difference between men and women
0: well and that's did, a, for,
1: yeah he
0: recognized he he i think he would agree with travis this guy travis about like well no you you're choosing to call yourself woman now but but again to say it's a choice and and to say i'm doing this consciously against my sex and against biology is is that argument's kind of gone away and and it shouldn't right. be and i think even a lot of rational people are thinking how travis is and how Thaddeus russell was of like No, 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 don't, don't do that because that's going back to (laughs) what he calls like old stereotypes and stuff. Right. Right. That's the thing too, as far as like, what, that's a good question of like, can you even define what a woman, like someone will say, I feel like a woman. Right. What does that mean? mean, I've always felt like a woman. Well, like, what can you define woman? Like first, let's get there. What what makes a woman? <laughs> and I think no one could even disagree on that.
1: Well, it used to always go back to the stereotypes, right? Like the things that were a social construct that didn't mean anything suddenly meant everything because it's like, well, I always was drawn more towards girly toys or I felt very maternal or, you know, I like domestic things. But I thought those were just social constructs that didn't matter. But now they're defining yeah. characteristics.
0: It's speaking out of both sides of your mouth. You're saying, I, we want to throw away stereotypes. We don't want girls to play with dolls. We don't want boys to play with trucks. But then they'll, they'll at the same time say, well, how do I express my femininity by wearing a dress Right, and be a hero? Yay. It's like, well, hang on. Are you saying that's what it means to feel like a woman? Is right. that you want to wear dresses and makeup and stuff? That's pretty, sounds pretty offensive. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, that would, I'd be interested to see what Travis says to that as far as like how gen tran, the transgender revolution is reinforcing stereotypes they say they're against
1: right yes well and i mean in, in fact
0: that's the defining characteristic is these stereotypes
1: right and the problem i think is that uh looking at this comment i disagree with these ideals yes they are predicated on the social sciences but you aren't correctly stating the distinctions try not to simply pair it when you hear read a book well what book because they're outdated as soon as they come out Right. like to, to say read the text like, like which one because somebody's yeah. gonna disagree with this one and somebody's gonna yeah. update it to this and there's no text yeah
0: I mean I'd be interested in having this conversation with Travis but maybe yeah wants to it come <laughs> on and talk and we're definitely open to this kind of discussion for sure but
1: <laughs> I think I think you're right though he's he's operating under the assumption that there's like a rational foundation right to this stuff and like just, what
0: like like can you define woman? like because i mean that's a real question like right. seriously can uh, you yeah, know, a transgender person has felt like a woman they want to live as a woman they want to um uh, uh portray as a woman what does that mean wear a dress i mean that seems to be the answer and that seems pretty <laughs> sexist <laughs> as far well, that as that was the what defines a woman
1: that was the ellen page elliot page thing right when 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 it was Elliot, you put on a hat and a polo, and now you're a man.
0: Right. I think the problem (laughs) is – the problem is distinctions. The problem is defining characteristics. And so it's kept intentionally vague and gender fluid. Like the only, like, consistent, I guess, argument or whatever is gender fluidity, where it's like I'll just decide what I want to do and how I want to portray it. We won't call it male or female. We'll call it non-binary. Or we'll call it right, right. gender fluid, or we'll call it whatever, because we literally can't define anything. So it has to be kept intentionally vague, because once we define something, now we're stuck with those definitions, and we all disagree on them, basically. Mm. So, and then thus is the postmodernist <laughs> relative <laughs> truth world people. Live well,
1: in. I mean, it's it's convenient to have no definitions, because then you really can, you know, as you feel, dictate how it is. And I I don't know how I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be rude, but I don't know how Travis can look at the world and not think that's how they operate right now is just whatever we feel at the moment is what it is. Uh, Let's see. (laughs) This is the difference between what a person who believes these ideals thinks they are and what the literature states. Again, I don't agree, but there is decade, there's a decade long discussion you are making two dimensional. When you make superficial arguments, you aren't refuting the ideas of the arguments. Right, but the decade-long ideas, I mean, that's another...
0: I'm just asking for a definition of woman. Yeah, like... <laughs> like, that <laughs> seems like a pretty simple, like, you know, I mean, we can't ask <laughs> simple questions. Again, it's intent, which Like, you're almost saying it, you're almost proving my point. It, you, you're, you're boiling it down to two dimensions. You're making it too simple. I mean, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> that's <laughs> because it's, it can't be that simple. It has to be complicated. It has to be intentionally vague it has to be this ungraspable thing so that there can never be any real answer, right? There's no straight answer, right. no pun intended, but you know. <laughs>
1: well, it, reminds me, speaking of, it reminds me of the uh, the queer theology discussion we had. I was listening back to it and it was, I, I thought it was funny how when we a- ask a question, it was always, well, this, these people think this and this can't believe this and these people agree, but they're never like a, this is what it is.
0: Yeah, well, they can would, be, again, there, there can be you no know, answers. And so you're left to just everyone is left to just believe whatever they want to believe. Right. And then that becomes true. And at the same time, it's not anything. It's not defined. It's not, you know, it's nailed as a
1: uh, as famous apologists would say, by what standard?
0: Right. It's nail and jello to the wall. It's just oh, well, you have to read the book. You have to do this. You have to understand. You can't there's no simple answer. No, it's like, okay, well then uh, you know, I can't. Sorry. I don't have time to like, get a degree. Yeah.
1: Right. Exactly. I, I don't know if I have the time so to read decades of literature on the topic. And, like,
0: and by the so. way, neither do transgender people. Right. True. Right. What book should what book should I read? Right. That's That's too simple. of even a question. Recommend Again, a book. Anyway. Recommend a book. I will read it. And we'll talk about it. What's because the any definitive? book I say, right. you're going to say, oh, that's. Of What's the definitive
1: the, the definitive text on gender theory? What is it? And Name what is, it and, in, and we'll in, go with and it. And by reading a book, will
0: that, uh, I there, it's intentionally vague. There are no answers coming from Travis right now. Just obfuscation. Right. Have you read this? Right. Have you read, it's the literature. Oh, it's, you're just making it two-dimensional. Oh, it's more complicated than that. And okay, but then we'll just go around and round in circles and never actually have a <laughs> conversation.
1: I mean, we're willing to read the definitive text if one exists. I I
0: will literally (laughs) read any book you tell me to
1: read and we'll talk about it. So on the subject of definitive texts. Yeah. That kind of gets us into (laughs) our topic for the night. Uh, So we wanted to kind of grasp at something, uh, do a series and kind of get into the the specifics of the thing. So we're starting off our summer solas with sola scriptura, the idea of the definitive text, the Sole infallible authority for rule and practice in Christian life, the Bible. Right. I think that's a pretty fair fair statement, depending what you're yeah. what church you belong to. <laughs> right. Uh the final rule of
0: faith, basically. Um, is, is just kind of like the last word, the last right. answer on that. The
1: standard, if you will.
0: The standard, yeah. Um, yeah, scripture.
1: Without reading books, good job. No well,
0: no, I mean, book, no book no recommendation. Right. Again, not a, no not answers. a book
1: recommendation. No answers. I'm I, I feel like I'm I'm, a just, woman? I'm going out a on a limb. One? I'm going out on a limb based on the fact that his, his avatar is Rick and Morty. Yeah. Um, and based on the way he argues that he's probably an atheist. Yeah. And because book-modern. that yeah, that tends to be how it goes. Is like, well, you, have you read anything? What should I read? Oh, it figures you haven't read. Okay, well, here we go. <laughs> anyways yeah. <laughs> so uh solo scriptura is kind of one of the defining b- core beliefs of, of protestant uh reform theology i would say it's kind of it's really the the dividing line on most things right i mean t- if we're going to come down to like well how do we define this how do we define this it's going to be like well solo scriptura is kind of where we where we put a line in the sand
0: yeah yeah, that, when you when you say you're a Christian, people will say, okay, because that could mean like the good vibes Christian or, like right, the, right. you know, positivity and positive encouraging Kayla of Christianity or whatever. <laughs> or I live in the but, South. Yeah, but when you say, I believe the Bible is the word of God and like the actual God breathes uh, word of God, mm-hmm. like the, the final rule of faith and it's the standard of how we should live today and it's 100% true. Okay, now you're weird. Right now you're the weirdo. Oh, that's psycho. Like you're insane. You're dumb. You're stupid. You're you know all the all the name calling comes. Right, but
1: you're a fundamentalist, right?
0: Yeah, you're, you're a, one you're, of those. You're a, you're a psycho, but yeah. So, uh, wh-
1: why is that? Why is why is it that you know everybody's a Christian until there's the meme everybody's a Christian until it's time to get biblical?
0: Yeah, uh, just because it's. We don't want an answer. I mean, that's a lot of mm. it too. Is that we don't because then if the Bible's true, then then that's a that's a black and white accountable word, mm. that, you know, a, a something a final standard that I'm accountable to. We don't want standards. We don't want to say here's the answer because then we don't like those things. And I'll admit, a lot of times it's hard. It, these are it's a hard word, right? Right. Um, because the Bible doesn't make you look very great, you know. Right. So we got to find out ways around that. And, and we'll, we'll tie it to a time and uh, time and place, you know, in, in history <laughs> or geography or something and say, well, that was then this is now. And we're, mm. we're, so, we're enlightened. We're so much smarter than they were. You know, we, we evolved and you know, it's that, that
1: idea too, I think. So, um, it's one of, one of the, the, Arguments against sola scriptura that comes up a bit is the idea that when we got away from the idea of of, of a, a governing authority, if you will, mm-hmm. with the Reformation came denominations, right? And whatever number you want to throw out, whenever it's a Catholic, it's always thousands upon thousands of denominations. Yeah, and it's that whole argument that like, well, if everybody can can do it, nobody can find any agreement. Yeah. So it's almost this idea that the scriptures can't be understood if we're going to take it that way. There has to be someone to tell us what it means. We can't just go to it and see what it means for itself.
0: Yeah. So except for that person, that person, right?
1: that person, <laughs> they can do it.
0: Right. The church can and the Pope and whoever else that person can. And, and, and that, that gets into cultish behaviors of, of hidden truth, special revelation, hidden truth. Mm of like, well, I can interpret this, and then my interpretation is going to be everyone's interpretation, you know? And that's that's not what Christianity is, and that's not to say that there isn't an absolute truth on that, and that we may disagree, it's that no one person's reading of the Bible can be the definitive reading for uh all christians and all in everything even because then you get into like convictional issues you know mm. and open-handed issues like baptism right. or something and you know so then you're sinning if you if you're not dumped if you're not if it's not immersion. <laughs> right because that's my re- reading of of it whatever so and, and even that is so there's these open-handed issues and close-handed issues and stuff and so you know i, I think the bible speaks for itself and answers itself improves itself so we don't need to be the ones to interpret it. Because then if I interpret scripture, then I'm the one over it. And that's what Catholicism will say is, well, it's the church and the in the in the in scripture on equal level, but the church is the one who interprets scripture. Right. And and decides like what it means. Okay, well, that sounds like the authority. It sounds like the final authority is actually the church. If they're the ones and inter- the only ones interpreting scripture, they get to decide and they're the authoritative word on. And what the text says right. so it's I mean, that's, clasia, that's funny how so they story.
1: right and it's funny how that thought is like obvious but not accepted right like they'll, they'll want to say well it's equal it's one and two but not really because whoever like you said whoever translates well that's the authority they're telling me what it says right this is a strange place to end up at yeah so um i, I like this first comment that Travis threw out before we got into the gender thing, because this is often the the argument that we've seen too is, which verse in the biblical text even alludes to, let alone supports any notion of Sola Scriptura? Uh, I'm I'm baffled that he would say what alludes to because, you know, we could go there, but that is an argument, right? Like, Sola Scriptura doesn't produce Sola Scriptura.
0: Right. There's Um, no
1: verse in the Bible that says, only use the Bible.
0: Right. Um, But it is, it does, you know, 2 Timothy 3:16 All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching or reproof or for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. So that sounds pretty like a standard like nothing else so the question has to become what else do we have that's god breathed? Mm, right? right? Scripture is breathed out by God. Okay, what else do we have that is that? Nothing. Nothing. So and, and that wasn't always the case. I understand and that. That'll be the Catholic rebuttal, too, is that, well, what about when Paul spoke? And what about the oral, you know, traditions and, and those things is, isn't is that scripture? Yes, it is. Uh, do you see Paul anywhere? He's dead, <laughs> right? Do you see an apostle that was in, inspired by God and, and can write scripture and speak scripture? No, they're dead, right? So what do we have? Right. God's word. We have right. the Bible. And so that. You know, if if Paul could come and preach, that'd be scripture, but he's not here. So we have his words, we have his letters, you know.
1: And it it does say complete and equipped, right? Like this should be enough Mm -hmm. to make you complete. It doesn't say like all scripture plus this thing will make you complete and equipped. It's just all scripture is profitable and makes you complete and equipped.
0: Right. Travis, how many books have you read on Canon?
1: (laughs) That's a fair question
0: you wouldn't be discussing things you haven't read a book on how are you right all scripture
1: certainly doesn't indicate a closed canon but it also doesn't imply an open canon i don't understand why they would travis
0: what books have you read on canon hang on you can't you can't discuss it unless you've read a book give me the name what book have you read you're discussing it without reading a book we get we know that's not not allowed right right so what book have you read on canon on biblical canon that that you're discussing
1: Dozens, name, we'll an name, name one, name, name a book. Don't just say dozens. name <laughs> a book. <laughs> dozens. <laughs> dozens.
0: Okay. I've read dozens on transgenderism too. Right. <laughs> you, can say, you can say that. So you cannot <laughs> even speak on anything unless you've read a book and not only a book, the right books, the right books. Right. Right. And that's because That's the next question. You know, that's the next, that's going be the next thing is well, we haven't read the right book. So you can't talk about it. You just can't even discuss it. You're you're a fool for just having a, a mind and thinking about something <laughs> having any
1: questions or trying to make it reading simple. Reading
0: a book about it, specifically about it, and in, in the right book, my books about it, right? <laughs> Dozens. It's so it's so Dozens. <laughs> Name one. What? Like. Okay. Anyway, we're wasting our time with this dude. <laughs> he's, he's I know. I don't troll. understand. He's just a yeah. troll. Just trolling.
1: Eating time. We're
0: uh, given to the trolls. Okay. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so uh, what were we even talking about? Uh,
1: the the sufficiency of Scripture to make you complete for the good works of God.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's just it. Like, what, like, what else? You have, uh, you know, d- d- like I said, different denominations, different ideas, ideas of God and, and right and wrong and, and everything. Right, right. Uh, so, what is what? What do we? How do we tell somebody this is? Hey, this is not right. This is this is a sin. And you right, know, right. And so we we look to Scripture. We have a standard. You have to have that final rule of faith that you can butt up against that says, no, 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 hang on this, this far, no further. You've, you've gone, you right. Know, right. Helping, you know, the things.
1: Well, and so- the important thing about that standard too, is that it can't be you, right? Like you, you can't be the standard to, to tell everybody, well, this is what that, like, if, if it's a universal standard it has to apply to you, it can't be you. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's another important thing to, to point out that it's not like, uh, like we said it's not something we carry around to use as a standard it's something that is is outside of us also so the standard applies to everybody Mm -hmm. that's what makes it a standard
0: (laughs) right and it can be people can be held to that standard
1: right yes yes
0: yeah um yeah exactly so uh, I mean and, and that's just it like that's the question nothing's gonna say that you're not gonna find the word "sola scripture in the Bible but you're not gonna find the word Trinity in the Bible either right right and so but right. We, we, we can find doctrines of those things right and so uh, and, and that's what we find in, in in scripture about sola scriptura is that it being called the only thing breathed out by God like we don't have anything else for that that has that level of authority so yeah
1: right
0: yeah well it's hard to answer, I, saying, <laughs> I know he's, he's, he's going hard but i mean it's good it gets questions going that we can answer and that's fine uh who then is authorized to interpret the bible if not the individual if if not the individual i'm saying the individual can i'm saying yeah i don't think we I'm, said the individual couldn't yeah I'm, I'm saying that i'm not the, the an organization and the church can't can interpret it and decide it completely for others Right. right. In, in, in that way, there is a right answer and we can be wrong about scripture, um, but it doesn't mean I can I can no person can have the final uh, interpretation for the entire church or for the entire everything, you know, uh, on because then the, the church is the final rule of faith.
1: Right, right? as soon as somebody becomes the, as soon as that person becomes a standard, then that's the authority, that's the ultimate.
0: Right, and I would say God would reveal himself through scripture to the individual, is is how I would phrase that. So yes, interpret the Bible, the individual can interpret the Bible.
1: Mm. That's good because that comes up, that brings to mind that passage where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he says to them, uh, you search the scriptures because you think in them you'll find eternal life, but they testify of me, but you will not come to me to be healed. So they did have like they were reading, they were interpreting, but they were doing it wrongly. Right. They mm-hmm. just they didn't have the eyes to see. Right. Uh, this is good. So if everyone interprets the text differently, then how is that reconciled? Well, one, you're assuming everybody interprets the text differently, which is not true. Otherwise, we wouldn't have, uh, you know, close handed issues. There, there are the, orthodoxy exists. So it's not like everybody has their own interpretation of every doctrine in the Bible. That's that's kind of weird
0: right um and if there's and if there's discrepancies it's in us and in our right. interpretations not in scripture and i would interpret scripture with scripture not by my own worldview or by what i'm bringing to the text or whatever um i if i'm trying to understand like well what does that mean you know love your neighbor okay well what is love okay the bible mm. talks about that too right so right and you know, so we so then it's this that's that's the way it, it interprets itself is saying like any question that the Bible gives me, I'm going to answer with the Bible. Right, right, and that's the way to do it. I think just have scripture interpret scripture,
1: and that is hard in the modern modern context because people do want to do that. They'll take a passage and says, "Well, the Bible says love your neighbor as you love yourself. Therefore, this is how you should treat somebody." And they'll bring, they'll import their idea of like, "Well, this is what's loving, right? right. To accept them as they are, to go with everything, uh, you know, that kind of thing." But if we go back to like, "Well, what does the scripture actually define?" we had this conversation too about this. Like what, what does a loving marriage look like? How do you define that? Is it right. personal fulfillment? Is it agreement between each other? Like, what does that look like? Well, right. the only answer is to go back to the thing that defines marriage in the first place and love.
0: And defines everything, and, right? any question about humanity can be answered with scripture. Who decides orthodoxy, scripture does. Right,
1: <laughs> what's well, orthodox? Well, does it line up with scripture or does it not? Well,
0: right, so like, yeah, that's the question is like, well, what's orthodox? Well, that's inter- in, answered by scripture. So we would just go back to the text on any orthodox question we have about it or whatever.
1: And so, I think that's that's the. It's
0: such a convenient like the internet troll is just like a convenient like he has never has to explain his position on anything. He can just attack <laughs> the video. He can just attack the 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 person on here, and it's, well, like, it's like we have no idea where he's coming from. He's not an atheist, okay. He's not assuming. What are you? We'll we'll never know. And that's the point. He's behind (laughs) this safety, safety of a keyboard. And like, I'm just going to attack and they cannot ask me any questions or do anything. All I can do is just troll the comment thing. It's not a good question. Answer for anything
1: else. It's not a good question either. It's like, well, what's the standard? The Bible. Okay. Well, what's the standard on the Bible? The Bible. Like, that's what we're getting at. The point is that the Bible is the standard. Uh, Can infants be baptized? Yes.
0: Uh, yes can they, <laughs> they can and i would say our presbyterian brothers do faithfully right. because they do not yes. believe it is so sal- it, it brings salvation right. i would say the catholics are doing it unfaithfully because they do believe it pertains to salvation right right so sprinkling water on a baby's head is not a sin and in, in, in the context it does matter with a lot with these things and the bible right. provides the context for that as well because there will be uh Immersion doesn't save you either right and so how, how Jesus was baptized by immersion and that's why I would right, say right. we ought to be baptized by immersion and be dunked but Me and my Presbyterian brothers would not say that it's salvific and that's mm. the scriptural that that Is stays scripturally faithful on two different views of that right, right. because that, that's a good Ultimate view is the same
1: right that's a good example of an open-handed issue and a close-handed issue in one question because yes. it, it is, uh, you know, baptism is an open-handed issue. Salvific nature of baptism is not an open-handed issue. That's a close-handed issue. Right. And, uh, I, I think again, if we want to say like, well, how do you know, baptism isn't salvific. We go back to the scripture.
0: And, right. I and, think and Hebrew, so, would, so, would, so would the Presbyterian who is yes. sprinkling in right. heads, Right. So, and that, so that's, that's, so that's where you get these open-handed in, in, Con- seeming contradictions, but they're not because we both don't believe it's it pertains to salvation, right? right. And that's why we have and the room why to have the discussion, scripture. right?
1: Right. And I've seen good arguments from Presbyterians where they've made a good case why you should do infant baptism. And I'm like, you know what? That's a good point. Right. But I've also seen you know good arguments the other way from Baptists as to why you shouldn't. And right. that you know we we this side of eternity, we may never have an answer. We may never come to a consensus. But it's okay because that's not a salvation issue, right? And that and really that- is what defines orthodoxy. Would you say orthodoxy is is salvation issues?
0: Yeah, I mean, those close-handed, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the orthodoxy of, of that. There are peripheral things, um, for sure, but I, I think even in the periphery, they fall under the orthodoxy, you know, mm. like Presbyterians and, and different things. And Right, right. Um, but I think what happens is, is Catholics and, and other um, faiths and religions, I would say Mormonism, Islam, you know, stray from the – biblical scriptural ideas of god and therefore the right ideas of god and are under different presuppositions first mm. of all right and so that's that you know the bible is where we start and so and, and, and i understand that's a presupposition but we all have presuppositions and we're right. all choosing them for different reasons so and yeah so that's the presupposition is that god is there and he's revealed himself to us and and through, that is through the word and his word and Christ incarnate living on earth, right. As God. So that's, that's my presupposition. First of all, is that God is real and he speaks, you know? right. Okay. That's pretty, that's, we start there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's and so that's where you get scripture.
1: So there, there's a lot of different, um, faiths that would agree with that statement right like islam would also believe that god is real and he speaks uh mormonism would also believe that god is real and he speaks jehovah's witnesses would also believe god is only speaks what what makes them and their view of the bible unorthodox
0: because it came later i mean that's a big one and it contradicts (laughs) and it contradicts what's there
1: Mm. it
0: contradicts scripture and so i mean right there you know you know, Paul says, even if an angel, of the Lord, comes with a different gospel, you know, do not believe him. And I think that's what Mormonism is. is. Moroni came with some golden plates with a different gospel, and it is a different gospel. It's a different Jesus, a different God mm. altogether. Different, a different religion, different everything altogether. It's we have more in common with Islam than we do Mormonism, <laughs> as far as at least it's a monotheistic right. Religion. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty big place to start, whereas Mormonism is not a monotheistic. Literally. No, it's infinitely polytheistic. Infinitely polythe- polytheistic. Literally yeah. infinite. There are as many gods as there are atoms or whatever, molecules. Or- <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah.
1: So there is some, uh, I guess, discrepancy on, on sola scriptura. And oftentimes people will mistake sola scriptura for solo scriptura. Which yeah. is kind of what Travis is talking about too. Like if, if, if we can interpret ourselves, how can these views ever be reconciled? It's just me and my Bible, which is another thing we've heard before from other people. It is me and my Bible is all I need. Like well, well that's not quite how you do it. But yeah. so what? I mean, what's the difference between solo and sola?
0: It well, first of all, it, it would have to so so low scriptura would have to, would say the Bible and nothing else. Um, which we obviously believe to not be true, even to the point of the Holy Spirit, first of all, Mm. as far as, and and that's, I would say, who decides orthodoxy. That too is the power of the Holy Spirit and scripture and God speaking. God decides orthodoxy and he lays it out in scripture and we move it through that and through the Holy Spirit. And so it's reading, because, I mean, atheists all all day long You can have PhDs in biblical studies and not be a Christian because the Holy Spirit's not moving. So it doesn't matter how many times you read the Bible, if the Holy Spirit's not moving and God is not working in your life, then you won't, it won't have the effect. Hmm. It'll have the effect it's intended to have on you, which is nothing. But if God is calling you and he's drawing you to him, then it will have the effect of bringing you to him, hmm. and opening your eyes, basically.
1: Can, uh that's interesting when you say the effect it has on you, because would you say, and I'm having this thought as we're talking about it, so I don't know if it's the thing. Uh, for the elect, the, the scripture has the effect intended on you of bringing you to salvation. Uh, on the other hand, would you say that it's not that it has no effect on, on somebody who's not saved, but rather it has the effect of condemnation on somebody who's not saved? Kind of in the same way that, uh, you know, taking the sacrament would be you know you eat to your own detriment or to your own uh sanctification
0: not not in the sense that you won't be condemned if you don't read it Mm, okay right because i think that's like i was speaking with uh gosh i forget who was some off the wall (laughs) uh (laughs) religion and and he was just trying to tell him, I was trying to hear even just what his position was. And he's like, I can't tell you because then you'll be condemned.
1: Ah, okay. If
0: you you reject, I can't forget what it was, but he was like, I can't, you know, this is because it says, you know, yeah, you like you, if you hear it and reject it, then you're condemned. And I'm like, so what are we even doing talking? Why would you ever right. say it to anybody? <laughs> Go away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't tell me anything. And that's that's the whole like C. S. Lewis thing where he says, you know, if ignorance is an excuse to, to get into heaven, then we need to burn every church down. We mm. need to destroy every Bible, kill every <laughs> kill every preacher, because then everyone no one will know and everyone will just be it, it, admitted to heaven on ignorance you know Mm. so we know ignorance isn't an excuse you know the whole romans one thing creation speaks for god and we know that there is a god everyone knows that there is a god Mm. and we reject him in our unrighteousness and exchange the truth for a lie right and worship the created thing rather than the creator that's just what we do in our unregenerate, unrighteous state so um so everyone is in that way everyone's more condemned because they know there's a god they talk like Christians we act like right. Christians and we just suppress that truth in our righteousness. And so that, in that way we are condemned. So mm. that in, by nature and by choice, basically.
1: Mm. This is a, it's a thought I have. And it's, it's weird that way to think that there's people who it's just, it's, it, I know it's a God thing, obviously. So it's something I'm not going to fully comprehend, but that idea that somebody can read the text and just get nothing out of it, just blinders, nothing out of it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's, and that's, uh, you know, that that's a that that brings up a good question too of like, can someone be saved without a Bible? And I would say yes, but I, w- I would also say n- nobody can be saved without God's Word because we can hide God's Word in our heart and and relay it and recite it to people without yeah. a mm-hmm. physical Bible there in our hands and god can work through that god does work through that and people hear and then believe right faith comes through right, here right right and right. so they hear the gospel presented and receive it and accept it by god's grace they accept it and so then so then you think about like those those people that were i forget where it was they were talking about like the mass number of these people are having dreams or something and mm-hmm. coming to christianity you know, from their remote un, unreached tribe or something. And it's like, Whoa, wow, that's crazy. Like what? You know? And I don't, I don't think that's legit. I mm. don't think we can be saved that way through dreams of I, faith comes through hearing. And I think if right. those people are elect and are predestined to be adopted in Jesus Christ, someone will go. God will send right. someone to them with the word and bring them to Christ that's how he does it. I don't I don't see a lot of scriptural evidence for dreams, someone being saved, to, brought to salvation through a dream or some kind of, you know, meditation or something or through nature or something, which, you know, I wouldn't want to put a limit on how God does it, but I think it's, it's laid out of how people are saved and that doesn't seem to be a big part of it is like special individual revelation of like a religious experience that, you know what I mean? They hear of the gospel of Jesus Christ and accept that mm. is, you know, the call to repent and they repent and confess it would, and, and that's how they're saved. And so I think if they're, they are predestined to be saved, that is what will happen.
1: Uh, going with solo Scripture, I do kind of want to read this since you mentioned it because it brought this to my mind, Romans chapter 10, verse 13, uh, going forward. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And yeah. how are they to preach unless they are sent? So like that idea you're talking about, like, well, they're, if, if they're going to be saved, someone's going to be sent yeah. to bring the message. Right.
0: Yeah, and it, and that's like that's what will happen. So that's the whole, like, Tarzan theory, right? Of Like, well, what about him? You know, like, is he right. going to go to hell because he was born alone and raised by wolves or something? And like, that's, you know, he, he got, he was unlucky or whatever. And I'd say <laughs> no. If, well, I'd say yes, if, but if it was God's plan to draw him to himself, then someone would go right and find him and that he would be saved. There's so, no one,
1: there's no one who's intended to be saved. who's not saved.
0: Right. Exactly. And there's no one who wants to be saved that's denied, right? You know, the salvation or whatever. But because, yeah, because that 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 desire only comes after we've been regenerated and our spirit mm-hmm. is made
1: alive, right? Uh, so once again, Travis, these are not published, but they are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. So I mean, you can repeat them, listen to them again later if you want. There is yeah. no transcripts, so yeah. there you go.
0: We don't do a whole lot of editing, so don't worry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's all in here. <laughs> Uh, So this is kind of an idea that I had with somebody before a a thing that he brought up and I thought it was an interesting point. And I wonder if it has any validity or it it really doesn't matter. Um, We were talking about the idea of election and he was saying that he doesn't like to call it Calvinism, but the doctrines of grace. Because uh, this, this man, I I wish I remembered his name. It was at a church I used to attend. Uh, But he was saying the reason is because if we call it Calvinism, then we're saying, oh, this is a doctrine that came from a guy, right? John yeah. Calvin came up with this doctrine. This is what we believe in what he taught. But if we refer to it as like the doctrines of grace or doctrines of election, we're bringing it back to a scriptural idea. And sometimes I wonder if that's a a, a stumbling block for some people when they, because when they do argue against Calvinism, they argue against John Calvin or uh, yeah. Augustine or any of those people, right? When we go back to and quote them on it. so. I mean, do you think that's a thing? Maybe we should just drop the name and put it back to Doctrines of Grace or Election or something like that.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, because he's like, okay, I have read a single word of Calvin, but I'm a Calvinist, right? And it's like I think that's kind of to, yeah. Travis, <laughs> to Travis's point of like, you know, hey, have you ever read Calvin? No. Okay, then why are you calling yourself a Calvinist? Like, that's fair, you know. Right. That's, a, that's a fair, you know, criticism of that. So, yeah, Doctrines of Grace or – sovereign God doctrine is is I put it sometimes too. Mm. Um, That's a big one of just like the sovereignty of God and his freedom to save, you know, and, and yeah, you don't have to call it Calvinism. You don't have to read Calvin. You don't have like, he's just kind of articulated these doctrines of grace and in sovereign God, the best, you know, along with like Luther and Austin and Zwingli, like all these people that that have done those things. Uh, But, you know, I'm not a Piperist, you know, I'm right. not a scrollist. I'm not a Calvinist. Like, you know, in, in those terms are just used. Yeah. Reform theology. Sure. I mean, that's, yeah, we're reformed. Like
1: that's. Well, I want to get into that a little bit too, because this is, uh, we didn't talk about this here, here before, but we have before. Um, so one of the weird things about reform theology that I've noticed, uh, we had a friend, we have a mutual friend who, I don't think he, we brought it up before, but He was told that he wasn't reformed because he doesn't hold to every point of any particular confession. Uh, So there's this weird tendency of the points. No, no, no. He doesn't hold to every point. So, for instance, he'll say, I disagree on this point of it. They'll say, well, then you don't believe the confession, so you're not reformed. Uh, there's this kind of weird uh, second layer orthodoxy in the reformed community to be like, Mm. well, you have to believe the Bible and also a a confession. Like the confession is a secondary scripture.
0: Right. Yeah. And that could just come down to how something's worded, you know, of like, well, I kind of, I just don't like how that's worded that way. Or I would, I would think it's different from what I read in scripture. And again, this is why we have scripture. This is why everything has to stop up against that. All confessions, all creeds, Mm. all, theologies everything all mindsets have to butt up against scripture and measure up if they don't then they don't you know and and you can divide the wheat from the dross or whatever and wheat from the trap the chaff but like you still have scripture as the measuring stick right
1: i think it's a little strange
0: and a lot of piper (laughs) and i can name the books if you need i have (laughs) a full book right here I have a sprawl book here, here. I was going to reference.
1: If you are going to ask Solomon if he's it. read a book, the pro, the answer is probably yes. So just FYI, yeah, heads up. And if not, hey,
0: you can still have an idea, and you can still be, be proven wrong. With it. So that, and that's the thing too that this like appeal to appeal to authority, and mm-hmm. which is kind of a, a religious thing to do. You know, like well, if right. you read scripture, you know, so it's what we were right, right. somebody. <laughs> you know, talking about the Bible, have you read it? No, okay, well then go away. But that's <laughs> that's 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 a point that you can make, or you can just articulate what the Bible says and argue for the Bible uh, with the Bible with to someone who's never read the Bible. You can still do right. that. Right. I think Travis could too on this transgender issue of someone who's not read a transgender book, you can still have a discussion with, with that person. Right. And I think to think that you can't is weird and really dumb that you can't like have just have a conversation and in, inform somebody enlighten somebody and have a, you know so free-thinking human beings but if you haven't read the literature you can't have an opinion that's ridiculous I mean that's just nonsense <laughs> so yeah that's it's like I have this idea prove me wrong by what you've read or by what I've read and but that won't be the arguments are still coming from us and we're articulating those arguments right which we, we should at least be able to if you've read those books you should be able to articulate the argument to me and prove me wrong in my ignorant, unread <laughs> state, right? <laughs> but it should, have a, so, it should
1: have a degree of simplicity to it too, right? Like no no idea should be – if you understand an idea thoroughly, you should be able to explain it simply.
0: Right. And they right. can be – these things can be unpacked, but at least there's an answer. Right. At least there's like, like how do we know Scripture is true by Scripture? That's an answer. Now, we can unpack that. But that is my answer, if you want just a one-word answer. I can I can give one, right? And it needs to be unpacked. I think it should be unpacked, but at least I have the answer. Scripture, how do we – what determines orthodoxy? Scripture. I mean, we're answering questions here, right? And in in we're unpacking them in, a, in whatever, but at least there is an answer. We've yet to receive an answer of anything from Travis. So – and that, that that, I think, shouldn't be overlooked as far as argumentation goes.
1: Oh, and that kind of, be- like – yeah, I mean, can you? No. That's a question too. Can you?
0: <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> and again, the points are something developed later. The tulip we used to talk about right, right, the right, five right. Parts of Calvinism, whatever. Mm. Uh, you know, predestination, all those things. Like that's those can be. There's no, again, there's no tulip in the Bible, right? but Right. The, right. Doctr- the doctrines of all those things are in the Bible. So, and I think, I mean, again, reformed if you want to say what that word means you know sure i don't think you can have be a have a have hold to orthodox biblical faithful doctrines of grace and god's sovereignty without all five of those points right of, of that, that have been articulated that have been thrown out there and developed later but these are questions and ideas of total depravity you know i, I don't think you can be you can have that without all of those basically because you're denying, I think you would be denying one of the do- doctrines of grace and God's sovereignty if you deny limited atonement, or something, mm-hmm. or perseverance of the saints, like any one of the two points or whatever. Um, you'd some way, you'd be in some way t- denying or, or just misunderstanding or not adhering to the doctrines of. If you want to re- define reform, reform theology by the doctrines of grace and God's sovereignty, then I think all five points are necessary. And can be backed up scripturally, basically. And if you don't want to, then you're not reformed. And that's okay. You don't have to be reformed. And you don't have to like <laughs> confess to and, and adhere to all the points of 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 doctrines of grace and God's well, sovereignty. There's... Or even articulate them. I think you'd still be living them out because you pray. And mm-hmm. that implies mm-hmm. a certain right. We've talked about that of like how right, does right. how does a, a, a Armenian person pray because you're right. appealing to God's sovereignty Why do they pray? Well, you're pre- appealing to God's sovereignty over human will and over human sovereignty. Right. You know, God saved this person. God reached the and said, wait, hang on. I thought it was up to them. God's, th- <laughs> God's not all he can, but you're still praying for the lost. You're still right. praying for this person. Why? Because you know God is sovereign and that he's the one that draws and he's the one that saves. And so that's why you pray. And so I think people do adhere to doctrines of God's sovereignty and they don't even know it. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's, I think a lot of Catholics do that as well. You know, I think if you asked a lot of Catholics, how are you saved? They'd probably give you a biblically faithful answer, you know, and they just don't know the teachings and doctrines of the Catholic church, you know, as far as Mary and stuff. Because a lot of Catholics talk to us, like, oh, yeah, I don't pray to Mary. No, yeah, I, I know. But that's kind of, it's like, I don't think you're Catholic, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And I think that's, you know, I've had a discussion with a, a Catholic person who, you know, they're, they're read up, studied Catholic and uh, we were talking about, uh, apparent, I, I didn't know this, but apparently it's it's dogma that a reformed Protestant Christian cannot be saved because of their denial of the Catholic Church, right? Like, yeah. it's different to be an evangelical because that's just, you know, you're just kind of there, but you don't really have an opinion. But to be Protestant is to deny the, the authority of the Catholic Church, and that makes you unsavable. Uh, do you
0: think, do you think that, that someone can not be saved if they don't believe in Sola Scriptura?
1: That's a good question. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's hard to, mm. so is Sola Scriptura a salvific? I mean, issue? I don't,
0: I don't mean like be able to. Right, right. But, it, but, it, but it, it, when it comes but... to,
1: when it comes down to it, is this the final authority? I mean, it's, it kind of is that right. Cause like submission to Christ is submission to the word of God. If you're going to submit to his command, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Where do I find that in the Bible? Right, And if we're going to say, well, not that, though. It's something else. Then I, maybe that is a big issue.
0: Yeah. I think your your gospel, of Jesus, if if you don't believe in sola scriptura, and that is the final rule of faith, then your faith is on sh- something shaky. Mm. You're, you're, you've, you've put your faith in a gospel, in Jesus Christ, that doesn't come from an inerrant, infallible word. And so what did it come from? And it might be it, the faithful gospel in Jesus, but your faith that— it's not backed up by scripture it's not built on scripture your faith and so i think you can say a prayer and 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 have a change of heart without being able to articulate all the details of sola scriptura mm-hmm. and god that that being the final rule of faith but i think if you say some parts of the bible are untrue then mm-hmm. i don't think you can be a christian i don't so, I think it's a package deal
1: let's let's hone in on that a little bit, untrue, because we've, you know, we've said before, we're not literalists, right? right? We don't, we don't believe the Bible literally, but we do believe the Bible totally.
0: Right. Well, I believe the Bible, I don't believe the Bible is a hundred percent literal, but I do believe yeah. the Bible is a hundred percent true.
1: And what's the difference between true and literal in that statement?
0: Yeah. You know, I don't think God only owns the cattle on a thousand hills. <laughs> Right. I believe the truth behind that statement, right, mm-hmm. in the parables. And I don't know if the if all the parables actually were people and happened literally, but right. I believe the truth behind those things that God spoke, right? And so that's um, you know, God says you know, he says you're seated at the right hand of God. I don't think God has a literal right hand, right? right but right, I think right. it proves the point of, of Christ's stature with God, right? And so that truth behind that metaphor or that allegory or that whatever you want to call it, uh because I don't believe God has wings, right? He'll hide right, you right. In, a, in a fold of my wings, right? That's all, that's all I'm saying. The psalm says that a lot of, like, he'll hide you in the, his, his wings. I don't think he has wings or even a garment. Like, they would be mm-hmm. talking about probably more like a garment or like a robe, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think God the Father has robes either. Right. So, but I think you understand the truth of that psalm, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I say it's not 100% literal, but it's 100% true.
1: So you know. where do you where do you draw the line on those those things, though? Because there is people who would say they believe in, uh, like our friend Churchwave, you know, he, he talks about how his understanding and some of the father's understanding was more of an allegorical reading of the Bible. So maybe somebody who would say, I understand what the Garden of Eden story is trying to tell us, but I don't believe that that actually happened.
0: I think that's coming from a presupposition, an, an unfaithful presupposition of saying Gardens of Eden can't exist. We know yeah. that. Well, hang on, that's a presupposition. Okay, right. And so, so when the God, so when the Bible mentions the Garden of Eden, well, you, you're, it doesn't, it doesn't fit under your presupposition. Mm. And so you're, you're rejecting it out of hand, you know? Yeah. And so, and, and that would, and that would show that the Bible is not your, because the guard, see, and, and this is why I talk about like true, because I believe sin is real, right? Right. And so, okay, I believe sin is real. And this is this is how any Christian can, can work their way back to the package deal of, of the Bible is, I believe I'm a sinner in need of a savior, right? I believe right. Jesus died for my sins, right. right? And I'm found righteous, declared righteous in, in him, right? So I believe that. Well, okay, if I believe I'm a sinner, I have to believe in sin. And that's not some molecular thing that we can measure under a microscope or something. That's, right. but, but it is real, right? Right, right? So sin is real. Okay, where did it come from? How is that? A sin something that evolved from apes to man with mm. us, or something, and I believe that we're created in God's image, and I believe that's like the foundation of all compassion and treating people with certain inherent dignity and respect, right? And, and that's that's it's not just an idea that we've evolved to think of. That's the truth of Scripture. We are created in we are either created in God's image or we're not. Right? Either right. African apes evolved into what we are, and somewhere along the way developed this consciousness. <laughs> Right, and then with that, an idea of sin, and then I that I that I'm condemned without a savior that I cannot save myself from my sins, and that I need Jesus, the God man, God incarnate, to become man. To be to, like, there's a basic Sunday school, someone became saved, Christian stuff. I believe right. in Jesus, right? Well, then you have to believe if you believe that you're created in the image of God and that you're a sinner in need of a savior you have to believe in the garden of Eden because that's where all that stuff starts, mm. right? We're creating an image of God there and then we are fallen. Right. And so that you have, if you, if you, if anybody's going to call themselves a Christian in those most basic sense of the word, I'm a sinner in need a savior. Jesus saved my, save me. You know, I put my faith in him. If we're going to say that, then we have to believe in the garden of Eden because then where does sin come from? None of it's not really real. It's a social construct. Oh, it's, it's, are this and people are born inherently good and then corrupted by society of people who are apparently supposedly also born good, which I don't <laughs> understand any of that. That makes no sense at all. And so, so we get into this weird thing, and then sin is nothing, right? And right. so we can't go after, and that's what we see today is that people don't believe in sin; they believe in the physical, material manifestations of sin, like a mass shooter, right? Right. So there's no sin to go after. So we have to go after the guns, mm. right? Because there's, that's the tangible, physical thing. That's what killed everyone is the guns. It wasn't the evil heart of the person who did it, right? That doesn't, There's no evil. There's no evil. There's no sin. It's the gun. Oh, okay. It's the gun that corrupted him. Okay. Mm. And the gun was invented by another person who was also inherently born good or whatever. You know what I mean? And so like right. it, 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 it evolves into absurdity really quick. You know, it devolves into absurdity really quick. But, yeah, that's why I say it's a package deal with Scripture, and Scripture answers all those things. So if you're going to call yourself any sort of Christian, it comes with the package deal of Scripture, of mm. everything all connected, from the Garden of Eden to Revelation and all the weirdness on those ends and everything <laughs> in between, right? It's a package deal.
1: Mm. Well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of, now, especially because of the itchiness in modern society of a lot of things Scripture says that want to kind of divorce those things and maybe take – part of scripture or none of scripture or whatever you need scripture to be at the moment. Right. It's, it's right. a new understanding or a better understanding or a more enlightened understanding of scripture.
0: Right. And that was, um, and that's interesting. Cause that was Karl Barth's idea. We we're kind of talking about that before of um, postmodernism and like deconstructionism. And that's where you get the idea that the Bible can't be true in the first place is from mm. like postmodernism, you know? And I think this this relative truth idea and stuff. And, and my favorite one is like, well, the Bible was written by man. Right. Like, okay. And, <laughs> and it's like, well, therefore it could be corrupted and, in, 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 and therefore it's untrustworthy. Right. It's like, right. okay, well, so is that statement. Right. Like what you just said came from a man. Right. So it could be corrupted and untrustworthy. So why should I believe this statement of man, and not scripture that was written by man? Hmm. Right? You're you're just choosing your presupposition over mine, right? And so it's just we have a bat we have a co- a collision of of, of worldviews here, you know, presuppositions and worldviews, and, and then we have to see which one's more consistent. You know, um, something's written by man, therefore it's corruptible, therefore it's untrustworthy. Well, there goes science. In any sort of like. <laughs> ideas of man, It was any philosophies, it right. goes any anything. It's like, well, it could all be corrupted and therefore untrustworthy. I mean, so you know, someone writes you a letter, like you're just gonna like throw it away because
1: <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe any of this.
0: It. Yeah, forget this. It was written by man. It was written by man. You know, okay, but that that, that is a very insufficient argument as far as like the, the it just is it's an appeal to uh presuppositions in the first place, right? And it's 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 not consistent because they do believe the, they do believe the words of man. They do believe the writings of other men. It's like, okay, well, then which man? Well, whichever one fits my presupposition, right? Whatever one I agree right. with or says what I want to hear, you know. Mm, right, right, right. So Jesus is God. He has a literal right hand, correct? Yes, but in Psalm, he's not talking about Jesus; he's talking about God the Father, who is Spirit, who doesn't have a right hand. Jesus does. Right. He's not true. talking. If someone said I'm standing at Jesus' right hand, that's fine to take literally. But if someone says I'm sitting at the and Jesus is at, the, at God the Father's right hand. Well God the Father is spirit, and so we understand that is not literal. So that's that's the difference. Jesus is not God the Father, He right. is God the Son. And there's a whole Trinity
1: thing there too. But
0: <laughs> yeah, which we um, have an
1: episode on if you want to go back and check that one out. St. Patrick yeah. and the Trinity.
0: Yeah. I kind of just want to go through some of these because uh, through some of these books, books. Travis, <laughs> this, I got Canada scripture, God's word alone. The question of canon.
1: Note the annotations so you know scripture, they were read.
0: Scripture alone. Yeah. I mean, you can believe I didn't read these or something. You know, so <laughs> even just holding these books up doesn't mean anything. So I wouldn't dare want to get on a podcast. You, can have <laughs> the, a,
1: the, you know, the social cachet that our podcast has.
0: Right. <laughs> <to> like, just, <laughs> well, hang on. You can discuss this at home, but if you're going to get on a, the sacred ground of a podcast, <laughs> come well read. <laughs> Okay, all right. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, um, I gotta go through this because he talks about the Pauline letters.
1: Question of canon.
0: Michael Kruger, really great, faithful Christian historian. Um, really knows his stuff. Really awesome. Um, really cool. And, and he's talking about canon specifically. No. Don't get Jesus, don't get sidetracked. I Don't get
1: sidetracked on the Trinity. In the form <laughs> it's of it's God,
0: <laughs> he he is in the form of God in in God the Son, the second person of the Trinity. He is not in form in the form of God the Father. In the Trinity, there are three persons, one being, and Jesus is the second person of the Trinity, God the Son. he's not God the Father, nor is the the Holy Spirit. And I wouldn't say the Holy Spirit has a right hand either, right? right. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became mm-hmm. flesh. That is God the Son, Jesus Christ. Right
1: father god, did not become flesh. the god man
0: right the father did not become flesh the holy spirit did not become flesh the word became flesh and that is jesus christ so in that he is in the form of god the being but not god the father the person so as old trinity again no trinity podcast <laughs> you can listen to um galatians 1 1 paul goes out paul goes out of his way to assure his readers that his apostolic commission was not grounded in human authority for it came quote not from men nor through men. Right. And so once Paul establishes unique authority to speak as an apostle of Jesus Christ, because like his authority didn't come by him. He saw Jesus Christ. Right. Right. In person. And that's the defining characteristic of an apostle. Right. Just to have seen Jesus Christ and received that authority from Jesus Christ to speak in his name, similar to the prophets of like, thus saith the Lord. Right. 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 And, and I know Travis said something too about like, we don't, have the prophets or something that doesn't sound like a support of scripture at all just some prophet or something well do you see a prophet around because i don't but we have the words of the prophet right just like apost, just like the authority of of paul and the other disciples and apostles who did have the authority to speak scripture and if we had heard, if we can hear them preach today that would be scripture and there are plenty of things that they said before that uh, in their time that they didn't write down that was scripture and I, and I would say that would, whatever that is, whatever those sermons were, it wouldn't contradict what we have in Scripture, right. in, in written right. Scripture, right? Um, yeah, so like in Second 2 Thessalonians 2.15, Curry says, Indeed, at other points, Paul indicates that his letters are more powerful than his personal presence, like such as Second Corinthians 10.10. 10. Paul ends his letter by exhorting the Thessalonians with an oath before the Lord to make sure this letter was read publicly to the church. So we see this written tradition uh, from the beginning, you know, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 37, 38, Paul is equating, quote, the things I am writing with the very words of God himself. So confident, is so confident is Paul of his authority to speak for the Lord that he declares that anyone who does not recognize the authority of his writings is himself, quote, not recognized. Right, and so um, in Second uh, Thessalonians three six and fourteen, Paul declares, "Quote: Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from other brother, any brother who is walking not in accord with the tradition that you received from us." Right, as noted above, the tradition Paul is referring to here is no is no doubt the authoritative aposto- apostolic teaching that he has passed down to the Thessalonians. Right, and so yeah, it's like appeal to uh, like tradition or whatever is, well, that's the tradition of the apostles' teachings, obviously. Um, And then a word on canon, because this book is about canon. And that's something I think that's really interesting, because that—that say, okay, God speaks, but how do we know the books we have are the Bible? How do we know this? How do we know Ephesians? How do we know, you know, Jeremiah? Like, how do we know these books are, are from God, you know? So, and that's a legit questions. So let me get into questions of canon. Um, so he says, Books do not become canonical. They are canonical because they are the books God has given as a permanent guide for his church. Thus, mm-hmm. from this perspective, it is the existence of the canonical books that is determinative, not their function or reception. Mm. Right? So, like, if I wrote a book right now, there would be a canon of Solomon White, right? right. If, even if no one knew about it. It still exists. It doesn't matter. Even if I wrote ten books, it wouldn't matter that someone took five and said, "Here's the canon of Solomon authors." All yeah. right, right? There's ten books right, written, yeah. so the, their existence and that God spoke them and, and breathed into them is it makes them canon. Not the church, not tradition, not their utility, not you know anything else. Right, right. Just as if can- canonicity is not merely something that happens to a book then we can affirm a book is canonical when that book is produced. B.B. Warfield employs the ontological definition when he says, quote, the canon of the New Testament was completed when the last authoritative book was given to any church by the apostles. Mm. And that was when John wrote the apocalypse about AD 98. Well, you know, <laughs> maybe not AD 98 for us post-mill folk, but uh, <laughs> I will take that up with Warfield later. But um, that's, a, that's
1: an open-handed issue though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, but it says, but why are we obligated to study the canon on purely historical critical terms? Why should we be obligated to use the term canon in a way that prohibits the very approach to the canon that Christians have held for two millennia? Indeed, one might argue that in this sense, the historical critical approach is offering its own theological perspective just in the opposite direction. Right, Which is true. Hmm. Um, Kevin Van Hooser concurs... Uh, so the Theological Concerns, let's see, this is Thomas, this is Francis Watson, has pressed the case that theological concerns should have an acknowledged place within the field of biblical scholarship. This is especially true in the field of canonical studies. Kevin Van Hoosier concurs, quote, history alone cannot answer the question of what the canon finally is. Theology alone can do that. Mm. So that's the kind of bible speaks for itself again Too right. like no, no book of the bible contradicts itself and if right, one right. did it wouldn't be canon and we've mm-hmm. seen that with the apocrypha and stuff that do contradict the bible and stuff so in, in other scriptures so like that's why it's rejected you know mm-hmm. um but yeah there's there's just like a, a lot of good sections in here just kind of wanted to get to it's t- it talks about manuscripts and stuff and yeah, and he talks about the written tradition because, like, oh, this is an oral tradition. It's like, well, they they were pretty bookish from the beginning, uh, <laughs> on that on that front. You know, um, let me see, This so one here too. Uh, yeah, so the Muratorium fragment, when written at almost the same time as Irenaeus, the Muratorium fragment is our earliest canonical list, circa 180 right mm-hmm. so that's before nicaea that's before a lot of these other like councils and stuff that people say oh that's when the bible was created that's when the catholic right, Church right. assembled it or whatever uh which just in the case people had lists of books of the bible and they weren't some had more some had less you know but those were the canons those are scripture uh or those are like the, the canon so we should not use lack of agreement over the edges of the canon as evidence for the lack of the existence of a canon Mm. Right, the Muratorium fragment is problematic. It not only indicates that others beyond Irenaeus already regarded these books as having a scriptural status, but it also indicates that early Christians had already begun to do what some would regard as unthinkable draw boundaries around these books by placing them in a defined list. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, it's just I don't know, there's kind of a lot there as far as just like what makes something canon. You know, it's not the church, it's God. Like that's, that's the theology that makes it again, not the uh, traditions or organizations or anything like that.
1: Oral tradition is an interesting one too, because it's so, it's one, it's another one of those things that's like, you can't grasp it. You can't like, Oh, how do we know this is true? Oh, it's an oral tradition. How do we know it's an oral tradition? Trust me. I'm telling yeah. you it is. So therefore it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of – the canons – that's the big one that gets that gets questioned. And there was this quote in this book by F.F. Bruce that I wanted to find, but I couldn't find it, but it's basically something about – because it's talking about the Apocrypha. was talking mm-hmm. about, like, why not those books? And he was saying that, like, uh, basically there were some books that – oh, here we go. I found it. Sweet. But for Christians who are ordered to hand over books – it must have become important to know which books must on no account be surrendered and mm. those which might reasonably be regarded as quote, not worth dying for. Mm. That's huge. Yeah. Because then you have, yeah, I mean, I wanted to hand over these letters or books or whatever they had. And it was an understanding that the, the which books must on no account be surrendered and those which might reasonably be regarded as quote, not worth dying for. Right. Mm. Like that's huge because people were dying for these books and I think they knew from the apostles and from the oral tradition and from the generation that came before which books and which letters to hang on to and which had meaning, which which didn't. You know, what's what's the Bible and what's John Piper? What's right. the Bible and what's RC Sproul? What's the Bible and what's Doug Wilson? Like right. Those are great to read and we should and you know i think even in church book clubs and things and study groups and book studies we should do those things those should be read in the church but they're not scripture and we understand that and i think that's where a lot of the apocrypha were read in that understanding in the church that this is not god breathed but it is edifying Mm. in some way
1: so that's that's funny because now it's almost a switch like if i read enough theology books i don't need to read the bible Right, like <laughs> I want somebody to explain this to me. I don't want to take the time to go through it myself.
0: Yeah. You gotta read the primary text. You gotta read the right. the first the first thing and then and then people's faithful or unfaithful ideas on those things <laughs> on <this picture. laughs> Yeah.
1: Man, just that thought of dying for the text and having to know which ones you were gonna hold on to and which ones you weren't, that's that's, that's such a far removed thought from now. I can't almost can't picture it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, who knows? Like might, you know, there might be some referendum on the Bible and like, Oh, it's too exclusive and it's too racist and transphobic and homophobic and whatever. And it's so like, it's got, it's, it's, it doesn't fit their orthodoxy. So it's got, to right. you know,
1: I mean, that's, you know. man, I, it's already there, right? Just nobody's saying it out loud. <laughs> But it's, I mean, socially, that's kind of how it is. It, you can either be in polite society or be biblical. You can't be both.
0: Yeah. And that's why it, when, in conversations with lost people, that question of by what standard is so important. And it's important and it's meaningful because we have a standard, right? And they don't, you know. And so it's like, right. okay, by, if someone says God is immoral, God's a tyrant, God's homophobic, he's, he's all these bad words, right? Right. And, the, and the, the question is by what standard, you know, and then they, don't, they have no clue. Well, the first thing you've never asked that. But mm-hmm. then they might say by the human standard, <sighs> okay, yeah, we'll just wait five <laughs> minutes, it'll change. You know, <laughs> that that's quicksand. The human standard is nothing. And, and they know that. They know that, it, it, that the human standard is no standard to go by right. or anything. Because then it's like, well, what, at what place in time in history? Right, when you know, what do you intended Right. You know, in chattel slavery. What was morally right to some worldly person then? What or any other civilization or any other thing? When you know uh just rape and murder were, were the you know practice of the day. Like that's that's what was right. Mike makes right in sometimes in geography. So that's that that human standard is just a is just shaky ground and anyway, and they know that. So they can't say human standard, and so they have no standard. It's just their presupposition. Oh, God's a tyrant. By, by what standard? And then the best answer they can give is, well, by his own standard. He's a hypocrite, right? Right. That's shall not kill. And here he is. All you the commanding, commanding people to kill, and he takes life and all these things. He's a, right. he, he's a hypocrite. Okay. <laughs> oh, and that's the best thing because it's like, okay, now we're in our – playground now we're in our backyard you know and that's the thing okay do you really want to step into our backyard and find right. out what god's standard really is according to his word you know because then because now we're having now we're in the realm of scripture and if you want to step in that even hypothetically for your sake we're going to do that and you're going to leave your pre, your worldly presuppositions and standards or whatever else at the door and you're coming into our space now of scripture and what the bible says about god because that's what we're going off of we're not going off of any other philosophical ideas or whatever about god we're going about what scripture talks about god and that has its standards and that has its consistent uh rational explanation and a godly explanation to who god is and what is his standard and by his standard we're all sinners there's no innocent people we're all condemned we're all you know and that's when you get into those things so and they would have to argue uh, against it with scripture which you can't do
1: so the they, flip side to that is that you also have to be ready to actually be familiar with your own backyard mm. uh, you know that's the other problem is sometimes they are willing to step into your backyard because they know it better than you mm. yeah and they know also that you're not going to be willing to stand on all of that ground right there's a lot of things in scripture that a lot of christians aren't willing to stand on
0: mm-hmm.
1: especially when we start yeah. talking about moses and we get into the law then it's like well i don't want to you know yeah i'm not i'm not a Saying that's okay.
0: But that's because of human autonomy. That It's because even some Christians think that we've got a pretty powerful say in a lot of things. And right. that we can thwart God. And that there's this weird cooperation or something going on with that and that that synergist mindset instead of monergist right of like god is not sovereign we're sovereign we dictate our own destiny we have free will and so that's where sin comes from and that's where we're trying to get god off the hook right right right. and so we we give our by giving ourselves way too much power right? right which gets unbiblical and then so whether we're trying to argue from the bible who's you know and it's like okay well now They don't know how to argue with that, you know, because they're not appealing to God's standard alone and his sovereignty over everything, you know, even morality and logic and everything.
1: I think there is like a there's a, a desire to like, man, I wish the Bible wasn't so messy or I wish it was more modern. Because then right. I wouldn't have to have these hard arguments. Then I wouldn't have to some have somebody say, "Well, but, got yeah. all the rest of slavery." Or
0: that's someone living too much in the standard of of the world and in in, in in the godless worldview. Because again, by what standard is it messy? You know, right. if you're thinking in a biblical context and worldview, it's not messy. It's beautiful, and it's God God is a just God. He has justice, mm-hmm. and that you know, it's, and that's how you see His wrath and and things as, as His justice and His fairness instead of He's a bully. That's the That's a godless presupposition, worldview thinking of it, and and mm. using a different standard in the scripture. Because if you're speaking from scripture, you'll see those that those ugly parts or those messy parts or whatever as God glorifying, mm. you know. And that's that's how we should it because we're interpreting it with scripture, not mm. with our ideas of what ought to happen.
1: <clears throat> mm. And I guess that's, you know, kind of to round it out and, and bring it to a close. That's what's kind of weird. I think even in these ideas, when we talk about solo scriptures, we talk about faith and practice. And again, we kind of think of faith and practice as like over here, right? Like the Bible's going to tell me how to worship. The Bible's going to tell me how to go to church. The Bible's going to tell me how to this, that, or the other, but not like, you know, how to talk to my neighbors or how to run my family or any of those things. And I, I think the true, like, <laughs> when you really get into Sola Scriptura, it does have to dictate every aspect of your life, not just Sunday, not just an hour in the morning, but all the time every day.
0: Right, and it's so it's so foundational that it has to be where we start on everything, right? And so like someone says, um, and you, you can juxtapose it with like different worldviews in, in the collision and in, in mm. conversation that they might have in that conversation that have happened. Of someone saying like, um, why why how do you know that the Bible is true? Right? How do you know it's God breathed? Mm. I say, Well, Second Timothy three says right. scripture. Right. right? And they're, no 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 no. You can't you can't use the presupposition to argue for the point, right? And then and then you ask them, Okay, well, how do you know reason is the foundation of truth and how we can come to things? Right. And they give they give you a bunch of reasons. Right. Right, it's like well, hang on. You're you're appealing to the thing in question.
1: Right, you can't reason your way to reason.
0: Right, but but you can, and but and that's right. fine. That's your <laughs> that's your presupposition. But you have to be honest about that, because like, we're reasoning from our presupposition. We're right, right. answering scripture with scripture. Right? Why is how do we know scripture is is reliable? Because scripture says it is. And so, and, and that sounds like, you know, circular reasoning or whatever. And, but it's appealing to the presupposition, which everyone does. Yeah. again, if you if, if, um, ask why reason is the best way to come to truth and understanding, you give me a bunch of reasons. Right. You'll use the very thing in question, right? But and if that's your starting point, then that's your presupposition and that's okay. You just have to be honest about that. And then then what you have to do is find out which presupposition is more consistent with itself. Mm. Right, and I would say a scriptural biblical godly faithful presupposition on everything on cause co- the cosmos on morality on logic on Society on family on everything is Cons is consistent Especially with how we behave and how we talk mm. and how even atheists can't escape it. again. We're creating the image of God We can't escape it, right? right. So and, and so that's how we know it's true is because we're just doing it all the time right mm. and we'll even say well, we're designed to think do this this what is it what you say you just said designed right don't you mean we're randomly evolutionary mutated to do these (laughs) things for no reason to do these things you know i mean they'll attribute reason to something like natural selection and we're designed we're wired we're you know designed like things they can't escape this godly language right? right because they know that there is a god and they just yeah, that beach ball keep bubbling up. Oops. Right. You know, you got to push it back down. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, music will make them cry. Oops. Oops. We're all just <laughs> atoms and molecules and stardust and no, we're all, you know, school shooting. I'm more it and angry. Oops. Oops. No, we're just molecules and matter right. and meaningless and whatever. <laughs> and it's like, that's just a lie you're telling yourself. And that's your presupposition. And that's a chosen. It's, it, it's, it's about preference, not proof. Right, right? Right, right. And so which do you prefer and why? And then which is more consistent, which worldview that you're choosing is more consistent. And so we can answer scripture with scripture because it's consistent and it it consistently explains what we see around us. And that means mm. sin, and that means we're, right. looking, we're we're supposedly molecules in motion with no meaning, constantly looking for meaning. So consciousness, it can right. it can account for everything, immaterial, universal laws of logic and morality. The Bible answers those. Strict naturalism doesn't. So what we have no account for consciousness from strict naturalist materialism. So, you know, we get communism from strict naturalist materialism. <laughs> we've seen how those works out. But yeah, it's just a matter of which 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 preferred presupposed worldview is consistent with itself and do we see how we act how humans actually are. And that's mm. scriptural. That proves the Bible scriptural.
1: And we've kinda true. We've lost that that uh perspective to understand that like the Bible answers <laughs> everything Mm -hmm. i I guess just going just as secularism rises or as we have a lower view of scripture than maybe earlier generations did we don't believe that anymore Mm -hmm. and that's where you do get into these like well rationally like let me rationally prove the bible to you let me let me put it in categories that you'll accept and understand instead of
0: you know right and yes and we argue unfaithfully yes those things yes don't don't speak their insane language don't don't lower your thinking to fit this inconsistent worldview right. of, of the God of reason. You know, don't worship, don't, don't appeal to that. You know. Is it, well, they won't understand. It's in there. yeah, I know they won't. They're not, you know, they're not believers. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully uh, we can accept the fact that God's word does not return void so right. i'm just gonna and, and it makes things so much easier i don't have to figure out how to translate this into some godless rationalism that they'll understand right because then i'm reducing god down to this uh world-based philosophy or something right. that they, just so they can understand it just so they can get it well what you win them with is what you win them to right right if you win them with philosophy you'll win them to philosophy you've not won them to jesus christ or the bible god mm. reads scripture sovereign God, he's in charge. You're not you're not warned them to that. You won them to this religion or something, this philosophy, this ideology, this was this lifestyle or something. And that's not what we should be winning them to. What you win them with is what you win them to.
1: And it's kind of this it in a way there's a good intention of trying to like I'm trying to save as many people as possible. But again go back to the Bible. So it's not to him who wills or to him who runs, but to God who has mercy. Right. We need to have that understanding that the, the, you're not saving anyone. God is, you're just fortunate enough, blessed enough to be a participant in this, in the mechanism, the proclamation of the gospel, but you're not the necessity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then ultimately we just went, we, 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 we we ourselves believe this unfaithful thing like William Lane Craig, with mm. his ideas of like middle knowledge, right? Right. And, and and stuff of like, there's like a cosmic car dealer, and God chooses the best options. I was like, mm. well, okay, hang on. Who's that cosmic car dealer? Because yeah. so that that's, that's that the one sounds, we need to worship. That sounds like God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's saying, our God chooses the best outcomes or the best will or something. and, and But he's lim- like, that is insane. And but that, so what have you done? You've just reduced God to some degenerate gambler or something. <laughs> <laughs> In this middle knowledge, Molinist, like, you know, he's, he's just picking the best hand. I was like, okay, well then that's God. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know, there's this middle knowledge of like, hang on, who's, who's actually in charge, you know? But again, it's trying to get all God off the hook. Right. know, he can't, he can't possibly want this universe, Mm. you know? (laughs) So this is just the best one he could pick or something. It's like, that's insane. You, 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 it's just, it, it, it it, devolves and just gets destroyed in your, your Christian worldview. It's crazy.
1: Hmm. Well, hopefully for now, that gave kind of a, a good argument for sola scriptura, and maybe a little bit of an explanation. Um, throw out the name of those books again for anybody who wants to dig a little deeper and get into it.
0: Uh, Michael Kruger is really great, really awesome Christian historian. You want to learn like what the first Christians believed and did and, and stuff. He's got a lot of good books about first century Christianity and second century and canon and scripture and stuff. Um, R.C. Sproul, James White's um, Scripture Alone. Really good. I mean, there's short books, guys. I mean, you can read that. So um, there's this Five Souls series that we're kind of going through a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm currently reading this one, uh, God's Word Alone. Uh, but it's like, it's got all the the solas in a series. And maybe we should have laid out kind of like the tradition of like the solas and stuff, but it's God's word alone, Christ alone, grace alone, faith alone, and God's glory alone, right? Those are like the five sola, you know, uh, sola scriptura, sola Christo, sola gratia, sola fide, sola dea gloria, right? Those are the five traditional kind of points or whatever of, of, Tenets of reform theology and stuff. But right. um, so this was Sola Scriptura. What are we doing next? Sola Fide or?
1: You know, Fade, I was thinking Sola Fide, but I kind of like the way he laid them out. So maybe we'll just go into Sola Christus next okay. week and get straight into that. The exclusivity of Jesus Christ as the only way to God. Yeah, Controversial in our multicultural society, but nonetheless true. Yeah. So we'll dig into that next week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for, for coming in. Thank you, Travis. For yes, and Travis, <laughs> if you want to engaging. come on.
0: Seriously, yes. like we, we, we like these kinds of discussions. We've had several people, we, we've had a, a gay witch on talking with us. <laughs> I mean, so we can have civil conversations. We really can. And this is great. This right. is how we should do it. Not, not we, to get bogged down, just comment section, but like have a conversation for real.
1: We would like to ask, though, that if you do come on, you actually state your position and then stick to that position for the rest of the conversation.
0: Yeah. Because or it's, else, it's we're, easy to, we're, we we can easily fall into uh, straw manning if, right. if if we don't know what if 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 a position has not been articulated well then we can only go off of what you tell us. So right. you know if we're saying some things like well I don't know where this guy's coming from I don't know what he believes and what his position is so I'm just going to assume and kind of sh- take shots in the dark and stuff and hope which, I hit something <laughs> you know, which maybe is the plan is to keep us blindfolded or something right. But, uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, like, come on and we can talk and we, we obviously disagree on a lot of things. So, um, or maybe we don't, maybe we're just playing devil's advocate or something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But, uh, like, but yeah, come on and we can, we definitely want to we'll talk on any topic that you want to talk on, transgenderism, anything. I'll read books, tell me a book and I literally will read it. <laughs> I, it's a fair thing to do is sit down and read a book. I will read any book you tell me to, to, uh, read, especially if we can have a conversation about it for sure. So mm-hmm. seriously, open invitation right there, but.
1: Cool. All right. Well, until next time, this has been the time and the place. We'll see you guys next week. Later.
0: See you.